is a Call of Cthulhu actual play podcast that contains elements of horror, violent themes, and adult language. Listener discretion is advised. Hi everybody, thanks for joining us. This is the House of Ryan in the House of Rillier. I'm your host, Matt Ryan, and I'm joined as always by my lovely family, my talented wife, KC. Good evening. And my equally talented daughter, Evelyn. Hello. How are you two? Great. How are you? Oh, I'm doing well. I'm very excited. I've got some very exciting news. What's that? I've had uh, confirmation from some exciting upcoming voiceover work for our next chapter, The Return of the Hound. And I'm just generally happy. Oh, well, that's fantastic. That's good (laughs) to hear. Oh, no. And I'm excited because tonight is the final episode of this chapter, The Crystal of Chaos. I'm excited about that, too. Now, we left it on a cliffhanger. I like to leave them on cliffhangers. And we certainly left last episode on a cliffhanger. Do you remember what was going on? I do. I think we should just jump right into it. Yes, I think so, too. With a sentence of recap, or should we just tell the listener to go listen to episode eight? Listen to episode eight. What are you waiting for? Go listen to it. (laughs) Here's the scene. You're on the 16th floor of the Biltmore Hotel in Providence, Rhode Island. There's thunder crashing in the distance. A background rumble of thunder. A huge lightning strike just flashed and a boom came from above. Killing the city's power supply and thrusting everything in the darkness. The four of you are standing in the hallway outside of Professor Engel's door. I think... The door is unlocked and open. Yes. Now, didn't you have someone from the front desk come hustling up with the keys? Yes, we did. The concierge. Maurice. Maurice, the concierge. Yes. Yes. And I think he had unlocked the door and thrown it open. At the yes. same time, there's that powerful lightning flash and thunderous crash. And there inside was your friend, Professor Engels, kneeling in front of the oddly shaped box that held the shining trapezohedron, his face bathed in an eerie black glow, and he's mumbling something incoherently. Creepy. What do you do? I'd like to do the same thing. Mumble incoherently? I did last time, which is uh, actually a similar thing, not the same thing, but I'd like to run up and slam the box shut. Okay, uh, Gertie, what do you want to do? I want to run up and kick Professor Ingalls in the back. I'm mad at him. He he fooled us, and I'm just going to go over and swat him. All right, the team throws itself into action. 
Um, why don't you go ahead, Vicky, and make a dexterity roll? I fail. Um, wonderful. Uh, and uh, Gertie, can you make a dexterity roll as well? I make it. Okay, so you're through the doorway. You're not. I think, Vicky, that you're wedged in the doorway with Maurice, who's also trying to get into the doorway as quickly as he can. You're on your way, and you're going to tackle Professor Engels. Yes. Just as you launch yourself towards him, there's another flash of lightning. The city loses its power, and everything is plunged into darkness. I thought it was already plunged into darkness. Oh, I'd forgotten that bit. So it's replunged into darkness. You can go ahead and make a dexterity roll. I'd give you a bonus because he's not moving, but I'm also going to give you a penalty because it's so dark. So it works out to be about the same. Go ahead and make a fighting roll. Wait a minute. Dexterity or brawl? brawl. You're making a brawl roll. Because you told her to make a dexterity roll. Yes. That's my that's my mistake. So I think if this was a fail, she should get to re-roll. It's not a fail because my fighting is 27. That's exactly what I rolled. Awesome. You jump forward grab him in the darkness, and you're rolling around. Um, you're in the doorway, Gertie. The girls are sort of, I don't think they're screaming, but they're fumbling in the hallway trying to orient themselves. There is a window at the end of the hallway, but there's just no light, and there's storm clouds above, so it is dark. What would you like to do, Vicky? I say, girls, flashlights. Okay, everybody starts fumbling around for their, dark, for their flashlights. Uh, and I want both of you two to make a spot hidden roll. I fell. Oh, I do too. Okay, so you're fumbling in your pockets looking for your flashlights. I'm, I'm not. I'm not. I told the girls to do that. Yeah, and I'm rolling on the floor in the room. I'm good. Okay, Professor Angles doesn't put up any resistance. It's just like hitting a cloth dummy. So when you grab him, he just falls over. And you can continue to hold him if you want. Or, I mean, he's not, he's putting up no resistance. He's just laying there. But both of you notice you get this sensation coming from the window in the room that overlooks the city. That there's something out there. And as you look out, of course, you can't see anything, really. It's just this darkness, and you're trying to orient where in the room certain things are, and, and you can just barely make out the difference between wall and window, and as your eyes adjust, you see a dark, amorphous shape slowly creeping over the window. Yikes! Obscuring it, getting larger and larger and larger, and then from nowhere, wink open three glowing red eyes. I scream. I think you could both make sanity rolls. I fail that too. I made it. Okay, so you're gonna lose one point for making it and you're gonna lose 1d3 points, Vicky, for failing it. Two points. Okay. Um, so right now you don't really know what you're seeing, but th these eyes are taking up probably two of the windows in expanse. So whatever this thing is... It's huge. It's huge. Um, and you can hear, you can sense that the, the girls are somewhere in the room behind you, and you can hear things fall and drop to the ground. Um, 
sort of large oblong objects. Has anybody found a flashlight? Yet? No, no lights snap on. Uh, you I'm, hear the distinctive cry of Maurice for help. Help me! I'm gonna try and uh, find the box just through basically searching for it with my hands, just through feeling. It was glowing before. There was a light glowing out of it. It should still be glowing because it's not closed. It, yes, it's uh, kind of a blue light. Go ahead and make a spot hidden roll. I make it. Okay, fumbling and feeling around, um, you find it. You find the open box. And then in the darkness where you shouldn't be able to see anything, you see a little pool of even inkier darkness. It must be the shining trapezohedron. I shoot it. (laughs) You would like to. Yeah. Your first thought is, maybe I should shoot this, but make a power roll. Didn't I already succeed at this? You did way back in the church. Gertie? Will I succeed again? Yes. Uh, what? So you can, so you, I mean, the box is right in front of you. You can just snap it shut, or you can pull out your pistol and shoot Point blank, I'm putting the barrel of the gun on the crystal, and I'm really taking my time with this. Okay, but remember, it's dark, so you can't really see, but yes, I get it. I <laughs> but get it's it. glowing. Yes. yes, I get it, I get it. Gertie, what are you going to do? You're on the ground, very close by this. I'm pulling out my gun, too, but I was going to shoot at the three eyes. Okay, both of you make uh, shooting rolls. You can get a bonus die. Vicky. I botch it. I mean, I don't botch it, but I fail. Okay, you fail. I don't know how. I make it. You're going to have to tell me how I failed, because I I put the... I, they were touching. <laughs> Um, you failed because you failed your sanity roll, right? And you didn't go temporarily insane, but you're shaking. Okay. And literally, your hand is shaking. And as you hold the gun up, pull the bullet, and pull the trigger, uh, there's a flash of muzzle light. And and um, you miss, you didn't botch, right? So you miss the shining trapezohedron, you miss the box, and the slug hammers into the carpeted floor right next to you with a deafening roar. Your pistol goes off too, Gertie, and you made it, yes? Yes. And you shot, do you want to shoot one of the eyes right between the eyes? How far apart are they? Uh, I'm 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 shooting. a A rough guess, the eyes are five or six feet apart, and there's three of them. I'm shooting at the one in the middle. Okay, you shatter the window. Um, but notice that the eye doesn't even blink. But the bullet absolutely shatters the window, and it appears that you had shot right straight through the eye. Again, it's hard to tell. What are Buffy and Ruth doing? Standing there, screaming? Screaming, and they have dropped their flashlights. And the flashlights are rolling around on the floor, and they're just sort of hanging on to each other. Can I see where the flashlights are? I want to grab one of the flashlights. You can't. You have a you have an idea just from where they fell. So go ahead and make first go ahead and make a listen roll. If you succeed with the listen roll, I'll give you a bonus die on your um, spot hidden. I didn't make it. Okay, so you just make go ahead and make a spot hidden roll. You're just on your hands and knees crawling around to where you think the flashlight is. Um, I have a hard success. You have the flashlight, but before you snap it on, let's find out what Vicky's doing. 
I'll try and shoot the thing again. Okay. The crystal? Okay. A second round. Yep. Go ahead and make a roll. I fail. All right. So, but the bullet just like uh, skids right off it. It makes no sort of impression. It's almost like the crystal itself is indestructible. Huh. Okay. Girls are screaming. One girl is screaming. You have the flashlight, Gertie. Yes. Yes. You have the flashlight. What do you do? I'm turning it on towards the towards the window. Okay. Awesome. As soon as you snap it on, there's this uh, swish and rush. Almost like uh, a black velvet curtain being pulled really quick to the side. And whatever was there is gone. I'd like to close the box. You snap the box shut. It's easy enough to do. And you've got, there's enough spill out from the beam of light that you can see what you're doing. Both of you, please make spot hidden rolls. I fell. I make it. Okay. You're sort of just looking around at Professor Angles, who's lying there almost catatonic. The box is closed. There are a couple of gouges on the floor uh, from the from your misfire. It wasn't a misfire from your missed shot. Uh, the girls are look. You know, the girls are standing there. Ruthie sort of standing there, not making a sound, staring at you. And Buffy clutching Maurice, and the two of them are screaming. You gotta look at the window, and uh, it's shattered where you shot through it. Whatever was there is gone. And you go out, right, and you can look. And you remember, you're on the 16th floor, so you have a commanding view of the city. And you can see the Providence, the, um, from where you are, you can see the river, and then you can see College Hill rise up in the distance. Um, flashes of lightning. More roar of thunder. And in one of the flashes, you see something in the air. From this distance, it's just, it looks like a ribbon or something. A little twisting, swirling ribbon. Almost like a fish swimming towards you. But as you watch, it gets bigger and bigger and bigger. Vicky, grab the other flashlight and come here. Okay. You snap it on two. Click. Okay, and then both of you see this ribbon as it gets closer, has turned into some long worm-like thing or snake-like thing. And you can see that it's got some sort of wings at the top that look like bat wings or expanding umbrellas or something, webbed and black. It's bigger, getting larger, quickly, headed straight towards you. Is Professor Angle still mumbling? He's not standing on the 16th floor. And and just (laughs) listeners. Run away, (laughs) run away. Casey is sitting here with her eyes wide, staring at me as I describe the beast that comes flying directly towards you. That sounds horrible. Both of you please make sanity rolls. I make it. You lose no sanity. Oh, I make it too. Neither of you um, loses any sanity. 
Let me quickly check. Is it coming right towards us? It's coming right towards you, yes. Let's get out of here. And go where? I don't know. Uh, but let's at least get the door closed behind us and let's see if we can go down the stairs. Should we take the crystal? Oh, yeah. Okay, let me, let's find out what, uh, h- how uh, Ruthie and Buffy's fare. Oh, no. That's bad. Oh, no. Ruthie loses nine points of sanity. Awesome. She wasn't very sane to start with after that last adventure. And and how's and how's Buffy do? Buffy's all right and loses of course, none. Of course she is. Buffy's a rock. Yeah. Ruthie collapses. Her eyes roll up into her head, and she collapses. Uh, Gertie, what do you do? Gertie, what do you do? I say, let's get out of here. And if I see that Ruth's fallen over, I say, Maurice, help me grab her. And let's get out of here. Let me check and see how Maurice is faring. Ah! Oh, no. He's shaken, but he's okay. Um, Mary says, Oui, oui, bien sûr. And he reaches down to help you lift up uh, the collapsed Ruthie. Vicky, what are you doing? I grab the crystal and run. You turn and head to the door. And I think you're in, and Buffy's behind you, and you are in the doorway when this creature crashes through the window. Its head is as big as half a VW bug. Its long, snaky body just thrashes and crashes uh, around the sides of the building. That car hasn't been invented yet. I know, but it's an awesome image. It's huge. All right, it's like, ah, it's crazy. It's huge. I peed my pants in real life. It's so scary. Clawed appendages are scrabbling through the window and uh, ropey tentacles lash around in the room. The thing fills the portion of the room that it's crashed into. Um, And it's got this huge sort of crocodile, toothy, misshapen head. You're in the doorway. What are you going to do, Vicky? Continue running? Yep. Buffy is hot on your heels. Vicky? Gertie? I, I yell at Vicky. If you have the crystal, can you shine the light on it? Will that do anything? Um, I think that makes it... I call back. I think that makes it more powerful. Gertie, this is not the thing you saw earlier. With the three eyes? Right. I drop... This Ru- is another horror. I drop Ruthie and I shoot it. Okay, um, go ahead and make a roll. You get a bonus die. It's huge. I fail. Okay, you shoot at it. I don't think you can miss. The bullet just glances off its scaly head. I pick Ruthie back up and run. (laughs) Vicky, on the other hand, hearing gunshots, goes, Oh, we're shooting at it! And runs back. (laughs) And from the doorway, pops off around. Yep. Please fire. Do I get a bonus die? Uh, yeah, sure. (laughs) 
Did you shoot Gertie? Ba-ding! <laughs> <laughs> bang, bang, bang! Okay, the creature twists its maw around and snaps at poor Professor Engels, who's laying on the ground. Oh, wow. <sighs> and barely misses. misses. Engels uh, sort of uh, springs awake. Well, I don't think he springs. Groggily tries to escape. And he's pawing and crawling his way across the carpet from the creature, screaming. What would you like to do, Gertie? I'm leaving him there. I'm getting Ruthie out of there. Okay, make a strength roll to see how you're doing with... Um, and I'm going to give you a bonus today because you've got Maurice helping you. I make it. Okay, you you and Maurice and fainted Ruthie are outside. I'll take another shot. Okay, please do, Vicky. That's a hard success. Go ahead and roll damage. Did we calculate what the handguns do? Is it 1d10 plus 2? Many handguns are 1d10 plus 2. I thought ours was a... I didn't, I didn't write mine down. Let's no. go with 1d10 plus 2. Yeah, you never told us. I asked. I remember I asked oh, like six times. What a rotten keeper of arcane's, arcane secrets. 1d10 plus what? Two. Six damage. And I scream. I say, Angles, how do I kill it? Scream what? Angles, how do I kill it? Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. <clears throat> um, so the bullet just bounces off its armored head. With an... Delta damage, though. It it just bounces off its armored head. You can almost see the ricochet as it flies up into the ceiling. Okay. Ingalls cries, I don't know what that thing is. That's not the haunter. And with that, the thing snaps at Ingalls. That's good. That's 14 points of damage. Listeners at home, Professor Engels is no more. The creature twists its head sideways, grabs his upper half, and snaps him in two. And like his legs and lower torso fall forward and flop against the ground, spewing entrails and blood. Lovely. I'm glad I'm not seeing this. Should I make a sanity roll? For seeing that? Probably, right? Okay, yeah. See a sanity roll for seeing half a corpse. I fail. <laughs> 1d2. 1. Okay. And like the clatter of 4d6 in the hands of a keeper, <laughs> Vicky's shoes clatter down the hallway. Okay, the whole team is running down the hall. Yep. Do we still have our shotguns in our hotel room? No, no, no. Those are way back at those the... Are, uh, those are in the well. <laughs> no, the... There were, the shotguns are back at uh, Miskatonic <sighs> University in the Dorth, Dorothy Upman Hall. We've lost our shotguns. Those those things are kaput. Oh, you left those in the well in Providence. That's right. Oh. Well, you've got your handguns from Derek Derby. Right. And a whole score of 20 with them. I know, but they're I not I haven't really made a it. shot yet. <laughs> they're, they're not really... Well, you succeeded. Tick the box for a success. Oh, that's right. I hit the thing. Yes, remember when we get to character advancement, you can roll against your ticked boxes. Well, anyways... You can't remember it's dark. You can't see anything. Who's got the worst luck? Yo, please make a roll. I make it. The lights spring back on. Awesome. Momentarily, 
The city hums to life with power. Uh, I look behind me. Was the thing following me? No, no, no. The thing is in the um, room. I'm running down the stairs. I run as well. I keep running. I'm not going to chance it. How far down the stairs do you go? To the bottom? Yeah. Uh, it takes several minutes. Oh, yeah. Of running and it's screaming. It's 16 and floors, and Ruthie is like dead weight. Has she woken back up yet? Yes, yes. She, oh, yes, she's, she's up, and she's sort of blindly following you. Okay, good. Panting. Good. At least she's alive. You're in the lobby. Remember, the Biltmore's got sort of this two-tiered lobby, and you're in the lower tier. So you're right there on street level. Yep. What do you do? Uh, lights are still on? Yes. Um, I look at Maurice. Do you know how long these lights will stay on? So I don't know! Doesn't the Biltmore have generators? Uh, I don't think so. <laughs> We're reliant on this, this, this city power. City power? Oui, oui. We get our power from this city. We pay our taxes. Vicky, what are we going to do? Even though the mayor said we don't have to, it's a build a building. What? We didn't have to pay any taxes. It's a build a bear workshop. To build the building. To build the bears, build the bear workshop. To build more. What? I'm sorry. Are you, were you guys having a little fun? <laughs> we have, we're, we're enjoying Maurice. Um, what do you, Gertie, what do you do? I say to Vicky, how can we kill this thing? I don't know that we can. I think we need to deal with the gem. Well, you shot at it point blank and it didn't do any good. And There's you- car horns blaring and screams from the street. You see people pointing up, clutching their loved ones, screaming. There's a man falling to his knees, clawing out his eyes. What? Come on. Clawing at his eyes. Stop. Are you sure that if we shine a bright light on this thing, that it's going to make it more powerful? This a thing bright light. light. Okay, so there's a difference between a bright light and this specific evil bright light. Because I think this specific evil bright light is what allows that thing. Although, Angle said that that wasn't the horror. We don't know what this is. We literally don't know if light affects this. I mean, it might want the gem. It might want to destroy the gem. We have no idea. I think it wants to destroy us. Well, I think you're right. I think it might want to destroy everything. But maybe it's just following the gem? Why us specifically? It's probably after the gem. I don't think it's after us. But we have the gem. And what do you suggest? Do you think it would be a good idea to just put the gem outside and let it take it? No, I don't think that would be a good idea. Well, if we can't kill this thing and shining a light on the jewel doesn't do anything, what's our next option? Maurice, where's the phone? Can we call... Professor Galloway. He runs to the desk. He hands you the uh, telephone. 
we, we call Miskatonic University. <laughs> we call Professor Galloway. We have his phone number. And we, and we call him. I'm close to sobbing. You're close to sobbing? Yes. All right. Uh, the phone rings. Again, screams from the streets, right? Uh, but there are like some building lights and some city lights are coming back on slowly. Uh, the phone rings and it is a, what day of the week is it? It's weekend. It's a weekend night. It's, it's Friday night. Do it's we Friday think night. Professor Galloway is home on a Friday night? The yes, field. he's an architecture professor, for goodness sakes. At Miskatonic <laughs> University, he's home. <laughs> Uh, he answers the phone. Hello? Professor Galloway, I'm so glad I caught you at home. This is Gertie Jenkins, and we're in Providence, Rhode Island. And, oh, and how is a, Providence? No, no, Professor Galloway, this is very important. We've got that jewel that you were looking for in the box that, that uh, Robert Blake uh, told you about, but it summoned up some sort of weird thing, and Professor Engels has been bitten in half by a monster and is dead, and... There's all sorts of scary things going on. Gertie, Gertie, wait, wait, slow down, slow down. Yes. Start from yes, the beginning. Mike. What's going on? Uh, Vicky calls. We don't have time to start from the beginning. <laughs> so you snatch the receiver away from Gertie? No, I just shout that. Oh, okay. I say, Professor Galloway, we have the gem that you were looking for. It's in a box. Unfortunately, Professor Engels has summoned some sort of creature, and there is a huge winged snake climbing the Biltmore Hotel right now and trying to attack us. What do we do? What do they do, listeners? We'll find out right after this musical interlude. Listener, we're back. We've refreshed our beverages. We hope you have too. And we're right in the thick of things. Gertie, you're on the phone with Professor Galloway. Vicki, you're listening over Gertie's shoulder. And watching the street. And watching the street where you see people screaming and now they're running. Everybody's running from the center of the street and a great beastie thing lands on a car. Crushes the tires out. The horn goes off. The radiator bursts and steam goes everywhere. And there's this great big long winged snaky thing thrashing and writhing in the middle of the street. 
awesome. You're on the telephone with Galloway, and you ask him... Professor Galloway, that crystal that you wanted, um, we found it, and it's summoned some huge creature that's got wings and is outside the in the street right now, and it's been chasing us. I want to know, there was something about light, like the creature um, was banished by strong light. Uh, what, what can we do to get rid of this creature? Uh, should we just give it the crystal? What What's going on? Very good. Professor Galloway says, Don't give it the crystal. We've risked everything for the crystal. Keep the crystal. If this creature... You had said earlier that you think Engels accidentally cast some sort of a ritual or spell? Yes, we think so. Would you might have to search out a spell to cast it back. I'm certain you don't have time to do that. If the creature is repelled by light as you suspect, I would play it with as much light as I could. Whatever you do, girls, be safe. I flip the phone off. I know you can't Vicky's see it. good at that. Mar- Maurice. Maurice sees it. Sacre bleu. Sacre bleu. Maurice, Maurice. How can we get some really bright lights in here? Don't you have some bright lights? We, we, we have the spotlights that we play across the front of the building for movie premieres and things. Where are they? Oh, they're in the first basement. Let's go get them. Yes, we will all go. Okay, let's go. The five of you go running down the hall. Maurice has got his ever-present ring of keys. He rattles them, gets the right key, opens the door, and then there's this, snaps the light on, and the building still has electricity. And there are the, this, uh, it's just a storeroom full of all kinds of things, folded up tables and stacks of chairs and all that sorts of things. But there are three kerosene-fueled spotlights on wheels. Now, these things are big. They're, you know, folded up there, eight feet high, and... These look like they'll do the trick. Let's let's get these out and, and set up as fast as we can. Maurice, can you show me where the breaker is in case the lights go out again? That is in the second basement. But if the lights went out, it's not because the building lost power, it's because the city did. I understand. Throwing a breaker wouldn't do anything. Well, you said these are kerosene powered. Where's the kerosene? Oh, it's all right here. Th- then let's wheel these out and get them lit up. Okay, so uh, the two of you, the two of you make strength rolls to see if you can maneuver a single one between you. No. No. Okay, so it's going to take all four girls to get one of the spotlights out into the hallway, sort of up the ramp and outside. As soon as it's up, I'll turn it on and shine it towards the front doors. Well, you need more room to sort of set it up than in the hallway. The hallway is confined. What, like not, you gotta, can't, I can't, we can't set it up in the lobby? The lobby's pretty big. Correct. It is. Yes, you can You can put it in the lobby. And direct it towards the, the front doors, which are all glass doors. Per- perfect, yes. Is the thing still on the street? Yes. Might as well shine it at that. I love it. So as soon as you 
fire it up and spin the glass and the mirror aligns with the kerosene flame. This huge shaft of light illuminates the lobby and spills out of the street and the creature screams in pain. And, uh, and this, this spine-chilling cry just freezes the blood in your veins. Uh, you all, with Maurice's help, go get another one. I'll stay here and keep the thing pointed Sounds on. Sounds good. We do that. We run back to get the other one. Okay, do you want to bring the second one up in the lobby, or do you want to go through some sort of a side door or a back door and go out onto the street? We want to go out into the street because we think that the, the effect of the light is being diluted out by the glass. So we're, we're gonna go up on the sidewalk outside so that it's like the full force from another direction. Is it raining? Yes. It's kind of this mix of rain and snow. What? People are, well, it's, 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 uh, it's February, remember. People are in this, people have fled the street. Good. You see a couple of bodies and mangled people, and you see this creature riding on top of a couple flattened uh, Model Ts and um, and it's almost like it's snapping at the beams of light coming from the lobby. You have got a great view of this thing. Now, you're not there, right? Vicki, you're inside. So, Gertie, it's you, Buffy, and Ruthie, and Maurice. Yes, and we're, we've, set, we've set up the second one. I'd like another sanity roll as you cast your eyes on the completeness of this alien being. I make it. Wonderful. I guess nothing's phasing me anymore. Oh, poor Ruthie. Luckily, we don't need her in order to get the light, the light lit. We fire up the light. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> Both girls scream. Uh, Ruthie. Faints again. I'm she, not paying attention to she her. She just drops to the sidewalk like wet concrete. I'm lighting, I, I'm, I'm lighting up the light. You light it up. Get it in position. The light plays across the height of this creature, and it screams an ear-shattering howl. And takes off with incredible quickness. flies away into the sky. Uh-oh. You can see it. Um, you can run to the lobby and look up at it as it's flying away. You don't don't want to. Okay, I'm getting the, the head shaking no. Gertie, go ahead and give me a spot hit and roll as this thing flies away. I don't make it. It's okay. Okay, I'll run out and take a look. Can I have a good spot head and roll? Yes. Oh, I make it. You can squeeze a little luck out of the coffers. Just a little. You're looking at it flying away. And then it... It's, and you know how big it is, right? And you saw it approach as well. Yeah. It does not get nearly as far away as the approach when it just sort of flashes and winks out of existence, like disappearing in thin air. And then you see the image flicker 
for a couple of time. It's like some sort of broken film reel. And then it's just gone. The only thing that's that's left behind is the moans of the moon. And there are several. You look up the side of the Biltmore, there is the shattered windows and the scarred outer surface of the building where the creature had attacked the 16th floor. Maurice is in tears. Buffy is smoking. I suppose I'll uh, take the phone and call an ambulance. They're, I think they're on their way. Okay. They're on their way. In that case, I'll light up. The scene unplays much as you suspect. If you want to interact with the police who are asking what's going on, you can. They, I mean, they know that Professor Engels was with you and might have questions of you. Professor Engels, of course, is no more. Of course. So I think it's a late night for the girls, no matter what they want to do or not. Fortunately, we can say with no degree of uncertainty that we don't know what happened. We don't know what the thing was. We don't know what Professor Engels was doing. We were just down here on a school weekend trip in Providence and we're shocked by everything that's been happening, and we have no clue. It's a late night, but um, the front desk Maurice can um, back up your story. Professor Engels got some sort of a strange letter earlier in the day. Then everyone went off their own separate ways. You came back together. And then this. You probably do sleep in on a Saturday. Because you were up just so late. Oh, yeah. A couple of quick questions. What do you do with the oddly shaped box? We hide it under our bed. Well, yeah, for now we're holding on to it. What do you do with the books that you found from... Pack them in my suitcase. I, I leaf through the one that's got the... All of the uh, What did you read that gave you Cthulhu Mythos score? Because I want to read that too. No, no. You, she failed a... Um, her, she got her first few points because she failed a... Or did she read something? I thought she failed a sanity roll. Oh, it was because she had the vision while she, you were looking in the uh, thing. Yeah. That's yeah, why. Yeah, yeah. You haven't failed any sanity rolls. That's not true. I failed two tonight. <laughs> Did, did did either of them... Um, well, but you didn't go temporarily insane. You didn't lose enough points to go temporarily insane. Unlike your poor friend, Ruth Basket Case in Hall. I did chapter one, though. I did. Hmm. I might have screwed up there. But no matter, because we're forging ahead. What do you do in the morning? You have breakfast. Things are patched together. No evidence of last night's mayhem out on the front street. You have a breakfast in the hotel restaurant. We... I think we should get back on the train and go back to school. The, so they're the books of note. I've got them. I'm looking for the, through the cipher one. So you, first you would have to break the cipher. I don't know how to break the cipher. I'm looking right now. I'm just looking. I'm comparing what's in the cipher book with like what I copied off of the tombs just to see if there's any similarities 
I'm not really sure what the cipher book is, but after reading that letter that Engels got, I don't want anybody to know that we have it because I'm I'm wondering if it's the uh, the the great tome that is mentioned in the letter. And you're leaving through these on a train back to Miskatonic University. Yes. Okay. Um, so the books of note are the the mysteries of the worm. Right. Right. That's the book that has sort of that was the one surviving copy of those ill, evil tomes that you found. Mm. You also found the book uh, Starry Wisdom. It's called. Right. That's that a is, small. And that's the handwritten history of the sect, starting in its founding from 1844. That's the second book. The third book is Dr. Bowen's Notebook, and that's the one that's lousy with cipher and ciphers and astrological symbols. That's the one that's going to take some sort of code breaking. The good news is, on a quick flip through the Starry Wisdom book, you see some of those symbols, and you think with a dedicated effort, you might be able to break the cipher if you, of the second book if you study the first. So those are the three books you have. In addition to the, to those, then there are the archaeological books. Yes, there were two of them. Yeah, books on uh, archaeology and Egyptology. Mm-hmm. Two of them authored by uh, Enoch Bowen. Right. Okay, like it. So Vicky has the crystal and I have the books. Okay. I, okay, I like it. So you're taking the train back. And we said again, the train only takes a few hours. Mm-hmm. So you have breakfast that Saturday. Um, say goodbye to Maurice. I, uh, I don't know what they're going to do about Professor Engels. I think the police have the his lower remains, mm-hmm. and they will be in touch with the university as to um, what to do from here on in. You take the train back to Miskatonic University, as I've said three times now, and on that train, you're looking through the two books, and you are sitting with your friends? I'll... I'll. You have the box. Is the box in a pocketbook? Is the box in your luggage? It's just in my backpack. It's just in your backpack. Again with the backpack. Yeah, I have a backpack. This is the fifth time I've mentioned my backpack. See what it's like. Don't have children, listeners. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Putting the headphones on for this one. <laughs> you the the oddly shaped box. The oddly shaped box is in your backpack. That's correct. Okay. Well done. And with that, listeners, we'll be back next week. Thanks for listening to this episode of Reckoning of the Dead Radio and our special edition of The House of Ryan Plays the House of Rillier. Call of Cthulhu is a trademark of Chaosium Inc. and is used with permission under Chaosium's fan materials policy. The Call of Cthulhu role-playing game and The House of Rillier are the property of Chaosium Incorporated. For more information about Chaosium Incorporated's products, please visit www.chaosium.com. We've got a lot of people to thank in this episode, uh, this being the last episode of The Crystal of Chaos, which was written by Peter Gillum and David Conyers. 
I'd like to thank all of our special guest readers, which include Todd Gardner, C.J. Romer, David Larkins, and John Hook. Thanks, guys. You really added to this adventure. This episode of The Ryans and Rillier was recorded in the Reckoning of the Dead studio, located in gloomy Ithaca, New York. We are the Ryans, Matt, Casey, and Eve. We'd love to hear from you. If you've got any comments, positive or negative, you can send them to reckonthedead at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next time. This has been a Breakfast Nook production.